Tea Soul Pop, Season 3, Episode 6. Hello, welcome to Tea Soul Pop. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about teaching English for academic purposes is teacher trainer, Sean Martin. Followers of the podcast will recognise Sean, who was a guest on Episode 1 of Season 2 of the podcast. He's worked in a variety of TESOL settings, including teaching academic English to secondary and tertiary learners and teaching English for specific purposes to adults of various nationalities across a range of commercial sectors, including hospitality, law and aviation. In addition, he trains new and experienced teachers on certificate and diploma courses for their TESOL qualifications. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Thanks very much, Laura. Nice to be here again. In this episode of the show, I thought we could define what English for Academic Purposes is and how it's different from other acronyms in the industry, uh, what type of scenarios in which a teacher would be teaching English for Academic Purposes, and what type of skills and knowledge they may need to do so if they're wanting to specialise in this field of teaching. Before we get into all of that, could you tell me a bit about what contexts you've encountered English for Academic Purposes? I've worked in a number of English for Academic Purposes environments from university level for foundation courses, undergraduate level, postgraduate level, and even pre-university at secondary level for the public exams uh, all over the world. Uh, for example, IGCSE, A-level, SAT, uh, and in uh, Hong Kong, HKDSE. So all of those uh, can form uh, a very wide range of uh, experience. That's really interesting that you uh, mentioned that it's not just in the tertiary level, it also exists in pre-tertiary level, like you're saying, preparing students for uh, particular exams or to get accepted onto courses or to be able to succeed in academic courses. I hadn't really thought about it outside of that tertiary level, to be honest. Uh, and I don't think you're alone in that either. It's only when I really sat down and thought about it after we'd arranged to do this podcast, I thought, well, hang on a minute. Uh, where is academic English appropriate? And beyond the tertiary level, yeah, it must be in the secondary school system as well. You mentioned that you've taught it in secondary and tertiary levels. Have you encountered English for academic purposes outside of those contexts at all? The first example that comes to mind is, uh, I won't mention any names or any uh, institutions, but lecturers, associate professors, for example, who obviously write a lot of papers. One example of that, there was one person who was really striving to have their piece of work published in the, uh, what they call the A-star journal, which is the top level journal, but tried on a number of occasions, got rejected on the basis of the, not necessarily the English, but the style of writing and uh, the sophistication of their language. So they said, well, look, could you help me with this? Uh, I want to get into this journal and this is what I'm going to be writing about. Can I send you a draft and can you give me some feedback on it and some tips for maintaining a status within this journal in the future? Yeah this person was uh, much more highly qualified within their field than uh, many others in their department and a known figure around the world. Uh, They were still wanting help with their English for specifically writing to get published in an A-star journal. 
I imagine there's probably some listeners now thinking about their own experiences and reflecting on that and identifying actually there were some scenarios where they probably have taught English for academic purposes but may not have identified that because it's not happening in that typical setting of a university foundation course or a a university ongoing EAP course. These other scenarios that you mentioned are really lovely examples. You've shared your experience of where you've taught English for academic purposes. One thing I also hear about is English for specific purposes. What's the difference between English for academic purposes and English for specific purposes? Is there a difference? There is. And uh, although people put things into certain boxes and come up with this terminology of English for specific purposes, for example, which used to be called business English, which was too wide. And so they now they've narrowed it down to English for specific purposes. But even that can be wide in itself. So, for example, let's look at the English for specific purposes for legal work. We're introducing the language for use within the legal environment, but at the same time, it needs to be academic or certainly of a more formal register. And there are certain things that need to be done in terms of written work, for example. Yes, it does include specific elements of legal language, but at the same time, on the whole, it's written in an academic form. So yeah, there is a very, very big overlap between uh, English for specific purposes and English for academic purposes. Both of them are very much still developing fields and uh, still a lot of work to be done. And uh, no doubt in time, we'll get more specific definitions of uh, each one of them. When I think about English for academic purposes, I think about essays. But it's not just that, is it? What type of language and skills can English for academic purposes include? English for general academic purposes is going to include essay writing and the academic language, the the vocabulary and the grammar, for example, that make up an acceptable quality of essay. But once they've mastered that, they can then move on to the more English for specific academic purposes and start thinking about their own particular academic specialisation, where we might, in fact, get different types of writing beyond the essay. So, for example, people doing a business course might be asked to write a business report, which has its own particular structure and its own particular language in terms of uh, vocabulary and grammar. It might be whether it's written in the first person or the third person, for example. So, uh, and then we're moving on to more specific things. We talk, talked about business. I'm going to go back to my, one of my favourites, the, uh, the legal world again. People might be asked to provide written opinions. They might be asked to draft particular types of document for court proceedings. And again, specific language, specific structure, but possibly an overlap between English for specific purposes and English for academic purposes. On the academic side, those are the the, the writing advices and opinions and drafting pleadings for court cases will be part of the finals course that anyone takes who wants to qualify as a lawyer. But then they'll be putting that into practice during their working life. So uh, it's an academic course because you get a qualification, but something you can apply to your real life environment. What I think is really interesting about the examples you just gave is, you know, you talked about general versus specific in academic English. And I think that comes down to really knowing your learners and what they're studying, the type of tasks that they'll need to prepare as part of their learning and assessments on the course, if that's what they're doing. 
and tailoring to that. So you mentioned the business report. I was just thinking about other people I know who are doing media degrees and the presentations and portfolios they need to put together. You're referring to those things as well. So yes, they may have a few essays to write, exams to sit as well, but also there may be other soft skills, these transferable skills that come into the other assignments and other types of writing or language skills that they may need to develop. Uh, yeah, exactly. For, for each different type of academic course, there is going to be different types of writing or speaking that people are going to uh, have to do. And that's going to include different structures for different documents or genres of speech and the language that goes with it as well so uh, yeah it opens up a whole new world to the teacher of English for academic purposes but with any one element of academia there are going to be specific types of text so for example going back to the legal world again case law that's written in a specific style and with a specific structure. So people would need to know not only their general reading skills, but also how to read both for gist and detail, the, the specific texts that come within their specialisation in the academic world. To summarise, for each academic focus, people are going to be required to read different types of text for either gist or detail, and they're going to have to listen to different types of uh, audio media within their given specialization. It could be an interview. It could be a speech. It could be even, the, going back to your example, for, for media studies, it, it could be a, a film or television. Again, it, it's so wide and uh, opens up a lot of opportunities for teachers of uh, academic English or teachers in general to even start thinking about teaching academic English. Thinking about the role of the teacher then, what knowledge and skills does teaching EAP, English for Academic Purposes, normally require? Certainly a foundation in teaching skills and initial teacher training qualification would be the foundation. And uh, you can branch out from there. I think as long as you've got the foundations of teaching and some teaching experience to go with that, then you're setting yourself up for being able to teach English for academic purposes. What we would need on top of that is some, at least some subject knowledge of the area that you're going to teach in. And, and I find myself saying to trainees quite a lot, think about what knowledge you have already. Think about what skills you have already before you came to the course from your own particular field of work or academia and apply those to what you're doing now. If we're asked to teach anything that's not within our scope, then, uh, well, we go and find out about it, don't we? Just mm -hmm. as we would if we were going to teach any other point, if we're going to teach some obscure grammar point in a general class, yeah, we'd have to go and find out about it. So uh, if we're asked to teach about, teach a academic English for a subject that we're not very familiar with, we go and do some research. And it's surprising how much you will learn as well about the subject, as, uh, uh, as well as how much you can teach your students from your own knowledge or your gained knowledge from your own, your own research. Finally then to close, for teachers, what resources can teachers use if they're interested about learning more about EAP and want to develop their knowledge and skills in this area? Unlike general courses, there's not much 
by way of uh, literature or text about it. I can certainly uh, uh, recommend three different books that uh, are a very good resource for both new and experienced uh, teachers of English for academic purposes. If you like, I'll just go through a, a brief list. Uh, the first one is uh, English for Academic Purposes, a guide and resources for teachers by Jordan, and that's uh, published by Cambridge University Press. What were the other ones that you want to uh, The other ones I wanted to recommend is English for Academic Purposes, a comprehensive overview. I think I may notice a trend in, in these names, these titles. <laughs> well, Who's yeah, that it's uh, that one by is is by someone called Edward. Uh, I think it's pronounced Chazel, C H A Z E L, and that's uh, in one of the uh, Oxford Handbooks for Language Teachers series. And uh, a third one, the Routledge Handbook of English for Academic Purposes, is uh, by Highland H Y L A N D and Shaw S H A W. And as, as an aside, that's that's a pretty practical guide because they're the first people that I've ever seen actually start off by saying, well, what is English for academic purposes? Ha ha, got it wrong. We've got to split it between English for general academic purposes and English for specific academic purposes. I agree that there's not a lot of materials out there. And I think we also see that with the number of courses for teachers to help train them in this special field. For example, we did a bit of research before recording this podcast and we were able to find a few course providers out there uh, most notably the one that stands out to us is the teaching english for academic purposes or teap pg cert by the uh, university of leicester which is done online um but there weren't many others were there there aren't no no it's there they are very few and far between and uh, i i think the uh, postgraduate certificate at the university of leicester are the forerunners in this and uh, have been, have been uh, established for some time with that particular course. Although there are others who uh, are offering courses at the moment, for example, Sheffield Hallam. But uh, beyond that, I'm not aware of anything specific, although no doubt people would uh, be eager to let us know if they've come across any good courses at universities for teaching English for academic purposes. Thank you so much, Sean, for giving up your time and sharing your experience in teaching EAP. So if you'd like to reach out to Sean with questions about EAP or English for specific purposes for that matter, then I will hyperlink his name to his LinkedIn profile so you can contact him. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, then you can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram or the website tsolpop.com. Mm-hmm.